Hey, welcome to Sticks and Scones, where Adam bakes scones while discussing sticks with Brad. Sticks and scones may break my bones, but art rock quintets will never hurt me. In fact, they are the source of my greatest strength. See, it makes a huge difference when I'm not on those Bluetooth speakers. Yeah, there, too much. There's a lag. There's a delay. Too there. much there's latency, man. Latency. There's like you gotta kill the latency. Even a quarter to a third to as much of like as like a half a yeah. second. Boy, that really fucks the whole like flow up. I feel like in like newer Bluetooth sound must be better. I don't know. Because well, in my car, the Bluetooth in my car, it's a 2015 model car, and for whatever reason, car technology like really lags behind. I've noticed, but like there's like a two second delay. But how do you know that? I know it through two reasons. One, you're listening to hit, it also on your phone, like in the little cup holder in the. Well, <laughs> if I hit pause on the phone. The phone pauses, but the audio doesn't pause coming out of the speaker for another two seconds. Also, I have been known to, while the car is in the parked position, I might, like, bring up a video. Let's say you send me a, oh, here's a fun YouTube video. Check this out. I'm I'm not allowed to sneeze now? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'll hit play, and the audio is just way out of sync. So that was the that was my first hint that something was off. Okay, okay. And like it's even weird because there's like a pause button on my dashboard on the touchscreen. So I hit pause and it says pause. But it's lying to you. I don't know if it says pause or not, to be honest. I'd have to look at this more clearly. I hit pause. But it's a fucking but, liar. But it takes like a whole round trip. Like when you talk to the moon, it has to like send that signal to the phone. The phone has to stop playing. And then that silence then has to catch up back to the speakers. It's going to space, man. I mean, it's not. It's like it's going to space. It's really just a short distance communication from the dashboard to the cup holder. But whatever. My headphones, I promise you, are not in that category. It's like fractions of a second. But yeah. when you have the like the years worth like up, approaching a decade's worth of rapport that we have, even that quarter second can make a yes. world of difference, you know? Yeah, oh yes. Because we're just riffing. We're just riffing. I know. Boom, 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 boom. Like that. I know. We're like a finely tuned scalpel of conversation. Right. So, like, we need it to be right there. So, anyway, I'm not on my Bluetooth headphones because I don't Good. need that one quarter to one third second delay. I'm right. on my plug in headphones. And you don't need to be loose and free because even though this is a sticks and scones, this is a, like a sticks and scones supplemental. Special ep. A sticks and scones uh, addendum, maybe. A redux, an addendum, yeah, sure. Yeah. All of yeah. that. 
I'm not baking. There's there's no baked goods involved right. here. Well, there's one baked good per album. And since we're in this gonna in this episode still talk about serpent, no need for more baked goods. I think that's fair. I did have uh some scones just a few moments ago though. What the fuck? I got in the spirit of things. I didn't send you scones. Where, no, where'd you get scones? The these were from my daughter. Do I know her? She you may know her. Her name is Julie. Fuck she baked yeah, I some. Yeah. She baked some scones. She baked scones in school, in school today. <gasps> She brought the, she brought some back. What? Uh, Blue, blueberry it, lemon. I was just gonna ask what fl- blue. God, I feel like a fool. Blueberry lemon. Yeah, now, they're that's pretty. That's a scone. They were pretty good. Fuck. Blueberry lemon. There's still about one quarter scone left upstairs. I'm like saving that one mm. bite for like tomorrow morning. Blueberry lemon. That's nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Because, like... It was really heavy on the blueberries. It was good. That's good. You know, you get that flour and the butter, all that heavy fatness, and then you get a double dose of, like, tangy sweetness. Boom! Shooting in. I love that. God damn it. Well, in my defense, what was... I was supposed to do a blueberry lemon scone? How could I do that? How does does that work? Not until we get to, like... I don't know. There's somewhere, I'm sure, some stick song that's, like... Very fruit oriented. Oh right, uh, from Grand Illusion, Blueberry Fields Forever. That's right. Fuck. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> I don't know if you're joking or that's an actual song. No, it's not. It's okay. I am the blueberry man. <laughs> it's not Blueberry Fields Forever. It's I am the blueberry man. I am the blueberry man. That's yeah. even better. I bet you still don't know if I'm joking. <laughs> I. S- I am assuming it's true, but I might just be a sucker. Maybe so. Anyway, no baked goods in this episode. All I, right. I took, I, because we're late here and it's my fault, I just needed to make a few notes um, because this album's very important to me. The album yes. is called The Serpent. Is, I got to keep my mind together and not say the serpent is rising it's not the ukraine brad it's ukraine right serpent is rising serpent is rising uh oh shit actually i do have four pages of notes fuck well Um, we'll just just blow through we'll just blow through them um i want to start out it's really difficult as we've discussed to like bake scones and be wandering around the kitchen especially a satellite kitchen that you're already not familiar with and then trying to like keep up a dialogue about you know what was your favorite band and possibly the most important album from your favorite band so that was hard and i felt it was really important to come back together Mm -hmm. and talk about this again where I could really focus on the music and not just the scones. Yes, because yes. I'm focused on the scones when I'm baking scones. Right. It's kind of like the fatal flaw in this format. Or I should say, maybe it's like the greatest feature of this format. Fe- is that you're the sticks expert, yet you're just stuck sconing the whole time and can't really get into it. It's like golf. It's a handicap. That's my handicap. Yes. So that we can be on the same level more right, or less. Right, right. 
Um, and maybe we should save that for Trek balls. I'm not sure because Tiger did win the Masters. That's <laughs> true. Whatever. Um, and He's getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Yep. Oh God, Jesus Christ! And somebody was out like running plays at like That's Division true, One true. level. So there's a lot to get into. There's a lot that we might be. That <laughs> we might just. Yeah, I think you may have just decided the next. Yeah. Uh, show we do might just have to be a sports oriented show probably probably and by that time there'll be the season finale of season two of star trek discovery so perfect oh perfect and i did send you a message and i'm sure that you just like scrolled right past it because you had no idea what it meant but that's possible gordon hayward's back right yes and did you look you remember that message i don't know who that is well, we yeah. talked about him ad nauseum, and Scott Ripley was pretty upset about it and had to turn the volume down on that one, probably. Okay. The The foot coming out of the... The foot was in the shoe, but the shoe and the foot not attached to the okay. ankle. That guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy. Okay. He's back. I remember that. Well, that's good. How long? How long has it been since that injury? Fuck, man. I don't know. Like, like, like... A year? Yeah, five maybe years? a year. No. <laughs> well, I don't think five years. That would <laughs> I have no aggressive. idea. Time is slippery beast, man. I would say a year or less. Nine months? Okay. I don't wow. know. Wow. That's quick to come back from having your a leg year? completely broken in two at a bright angle. Oh, God. Fucking A. Anyway, he's back. He's running around. He's All like right. shooting the baskets. <laughs> good for him. I know. Way to go, him. Gordo. Anyway, we got, won't even get into the nasty business no, of that gymnast. That's, that's a different show. Just tell me this: Have you seen the video, or have you avoided it successfully? I have not seen the video. Okay, that's best for the best. Do you want to tell people what video you're talking about in well, case they, their about, morbid curiosity gets the best well, of them? Well, I mentioned the gymnast. I think that's probably good enough. But yeah, it's been in the news the last. Wait, you by the mentioned time this that? Comes out, who you mentioned knows that what? on the It'll last show. What's that? You mentioned that on the last show? No, I mentioned it just now. Gymnast, I called it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't hear that part. Okay. Yeah. No, well, I yeah, didn't this, watch that yeah. fucking video. You, I have my limits, man. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this gymnast, oh, uh, pretty horrific sports injury. Since we have gotten into for somehow into the business of cataloging horrific sports injuries on this podcast, that one definitely deserves a, a, a large mention. But we'll save it for possibly another app although this one might just i don't know that might end the whole series maybe it's hard to say from the sound of it compared to gordon hayward it's hard i mean when you really get down to it technically but it it did probably invoke yeah pretty bad reaction when i saw it what about alan hearns in the slow-mo where it then all of a sudden went fast the was ankle. that the basketball guy? No, that was the football guy for the Cowboys. And they had it really close up, and it's slow, slow, slow. And then all of a sudden, like, the two different parts moved really fast away from each other. The ankle area. Yeah, I'm trying to even. I might have blocked it out. Yeah, completely. you blocked that one out. Did yeah. you watch the weightlifter who lifted the, you know, the giant? Yeah, I've seen that before. That's yeah. not a good one. 
No. Although I think Alan Hearns and Napoleon McCallum are both worse than that somehow. Because it's like, you know what you're doing. You're putting that up there. Like, you're tempting fate, sir. Yeah. I mean, do you say the same thing about a gymnast? Like, you're spinning around, you're going to hit the ground at a certain speed? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know what's happening. Like, yeah. You've trained and trained and trained, and, like, this isn't just, like, 500 pounds versus your bone. This is, like, technique. I guess it's technique. I don't fucking know. But, I mean, you get a lot of speed. I mean, she's, like, doing, like, I think, like, a flipping five times in a row or something. (laughs) And then hits the ground at just the wrong angle a little bit. Nothing's worse than the NCAA player in the March Madness (laughs) with the bone out there, but. I think that's the worst ever. That sounds pretty bad. I don't know if I saw that one. I mean, I probably didn't give you too much. Anyway, NCAA. No, well, that isn't from this just previous March no, Madness, is it? No, no, it's, no. It's no. Age, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ages ago. That, but that's the worst one. Yeah, when the bone's sticking out. Kelly helped us out with that. She got in contact with one of her, maybe her sister or something, oh, who was a doctor. And it's right. Like, Don't just stick it back in. No, you'll just yes, cut up yes, the muscles it, and, yeah. Yeah, now it all comes back, yeah. Yeah, that that one. That's the worst one. That's the worst one. Yeah. I think second worst might be Napoleon McCallum. Could be. Well, I'm not going to go into any more detail, because I think... <laughs> That might. I want people to hear about sticks, and I want everyone to just turn off the podcast right now. Well, we've lost maybe two or three people, about fifty percent of the audience at this point. So, right, so most of them are gone. Now we can get real. All right, yeah, let's get real. Let's get real here about uh, this rising serpent. All right, I want to start um, as you do at the beginning. Yes, which perfect wolf? place to start. I want to play a little, like, intro of it. Okay. And then talk about it and so, what it so means So this is track me. one, Witch Wolf. Witch Wolf. All right. Not Wolch Whiff. Wolch Witch? That's a thing I said. Wolch Whiff. Wolch Whiff. I mean... That, oh, man. Oh, now close. we've really fucked it up. Wolch Whiff. Close, close that... Yeah. Wolf, witch, and witch Man. wolf. Fuck. I opened up the bathroom door and there was a real <laughs> wolch whiff coming from there. I had to just close, <laughs> spray it down. Oh, don't go, don't, don't mess with that. He just lights you some know? incense, man. Yeah. Here, yeah. We, here we don't, go. Don't, uh, whatever with the plexiglass toilet. There's a real <laughs> wolch whiff in wolch there. Wolch whiff. Ugh. What do you think, a wolch? Smells, smells like, smells like a, know. like a, kind of like a welch. Does a welch smell like a welch? Probably. Well, I, should, I think they're in the same neighborhood. Well, I should be pretty familiar with that then. Department. It probably wouldn't plus me at all. I'd no, be, you're used to it. I'd be nonplussed. You're like your nose blind to it. So take a listen. (laughs) 
Okay. Yes. So that opens the album. Yeah. Strong opener. Well, I I remember, if I do remember correctly, you weren't super into this as an opener. You were kind of like, eh. I mean, not as eh as young man, but you're like, all right, whatever. Yeah. But well, I think I came around to the fact that it had to start with that. You got to start with that by the and by the time we got to the end, because I wanted to do something weird in the beginning. I wanted to like open it with Krakatoa or something. Right, but that's not what they're doing right now. <laughs> right, they, they I get it. Ha- they had their little weird shit. They had their movement for the common man. They had their father OSAs, and now it's like they're getting. To where it's like, we're going to be like a rock and roll band now. We're not going to fuck around too much. And this is sort of the overarching opinion I have of this album, where I think Dennis was kind of in the background for this one, and he has his little keyboard flourishes here and there and his his little his little fugues or whatever you want his little keyboard fugue states but like this is a rock and roll album right and this starts off right off the bat with that crunchy fucking guitar and it's like holy shit that's a sound we haven't heard in the first two albums not like that we haven't and then JY starts and it's like and I know this is part of that, like, Beatles in mono thing, but, like, J.Y., if you listen to it with headphones, he is stereo. He is not right down the middle like vocals normally right. are. They've got it, like, got a little reverb on one and who knows what on the other, but it's panned hard left, one track, hard right, the other track. So it's like coming at you from all sides and they just burst into it. And then like JY's caterwauling vocals are attacking you from each side. It's like, holy fuck, that's aggressive. And then three part harmony. And I I feel like this song, this album, this song Mm -hmm. on this album is where they really start doing like. It's almost like scream singing this three part harmony, and Tommy's not even there yet. So it's Suralusky, for God's sakes. That's how you pronounce his name, which I just learned. It's Suralusky and Dennis and JY. But the more I listen to it, it's JY and Suralusky who are like leading the charge here. And Dennis is just in the back, like doing his. Slightly more operatic vocals, which is important for it. Right. But, like, he's not the lead dog here. Yeah. Well, I think that's, like, the the heavy guitar-oriented rock with the three-part almost, like, a tinge of operatic vocals, or at the very least, like, the whole, like, harmonizing chorus of voices is kind of that unique stick sound. That's their whole thing. I mean, I feel like that kind of is what sets them apart. Absolutely. That's their whole thing. Like, yeah, the critics review, review the albums and it's like, 
that three-part harmony, and I'm talking like Paradise Theater. This is mm-hmm. seven years later. It's like, yeah, we get that classic Sticks three-part harmony. The difference being, Dennis is not in charge of it on this album. Yes. And that's what yeah. I'm learning more and more, and I think that's why he was like... <laughs> This is the worst album ever produced or recorded in the history of music. Right, because he didn't have that much say into yeah, it. because he wasn't so in he was charge. Like, oh, I hate this one. <laughs> right, this one sucks. <laughs> the um, the uh, so uh, kind of tacking on to that, and I'm gonna. This is like jumping ahead in the sticks canon, but that's all right. I was uh, listening to Renegade the other day because it came on the radio, as it does in Central Pennsylvania. Yeah, and you know. You know, and I'm listening to it, and it's doing the, you know, some kind of, you know, wailing guitar solo. Yeah. And and then it gets into the whole kind of like I don't even know what you'd call it, you know, because these st- songs have so many different components. It's not just like verse, pre-chorus, fugue states, chorus. Yeah, but it gets into some point where it's doing some kind of, you know, bridge part type thing. But you know, then the keyboards come in, Ugh. like adding their little like. I know. I'm just like, well, I mean, they had to put that in there because otherwise, what the hell is Dennis going to do for the whole song? Just like be like, all right, guys, I'm going in the back. I'm going to drink a bottle of water. Come back when the song is done. I mean, maybe. I think other bands might actually do that, but it's just kind of like, you know, it didn't really need that keyboard right there. I feel like it may have, like, this may have been a case where less would be more. Maybe, but at the same time, maybe it just wouldn't be sticks without that. Like, that's part of what you need to give it that sound. I don't know. Maybe. I read something. I was going deep on, like, the feud that Dennis has with the band and the feud that they have with him. And Dennis claims that Renegade was never supposed to be a rock and roller. Supposed to be more of like a uh, boat on the river style song, mm, and he's okay. like, "Hey guys, no, let's make it a rock and roller." What? What are you talking about? This who, is a who sensitive... did that? Tommy Shaw or no? Dennis. Dennis wanted to make it a rock and roller. So claims Dennis. Okay. So, I don't know how much to believe about that. What I do know is that we've got some like organ backing in Witch Wolf and yeah. I swear that Dennis does not play a Hammond B2. I swear he's playing a C3 which is more the churchy style of that organ. It's a little smaller. Right. It's the one that a church would have. Okay. I swear he's playing the C3 there. But he is following He's following, like, the rhythm guitar, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason this album is so great to me, because it's, like, it's so thick. And it's got that, like, wall of sound style to it. It's yeah. Like, and, and John Panazzo's bass, not in this one, but he is starting to unleash himself. But he has different bass sounds as as this album goes on. And... I think after this album, his bass guitar sound was the same just until he left the band. I mean, he hasn't really totally left the band yet, but like he just had this like, you know, because the classic sticks sound is from like 1976 to 1983. 
basically. Okay. It's crystal ball, grand illusion, pieces of eight, cornerstone, paradise theater. Kilroy was here. It's six albums, and John Panazzo has that like nasally bass sound. It's very trebly, you know. Mm-hmm. It's all in the high register area. But on this album, there's a couple of songs, and Witch Wolf isn't even the most pronounced of it, where he's got like a fucking like fuzz pedal on his bass. And it's like, wait, is that a rhythm guitar? Or is that the bass? It's his fucking bass. He was still in the uh, experimental stages. Well, and they all are. They all are. And that's why I think Dennis doesn't like this because, like, they experimented, but in the wrong way for him. Because even, and this is a very much, like, setting the tone for this album with, okay, we got some crunchy guitars. We got stereo vocals that aren't adhering to, like, right down the middle sort of mixing Mm -hmm. we got that crazy like three-part harmony vocals that are just more like yelling like screaming or singing (laughs) Mm -hmm. you got like guitar solos with that crunchiness that aren't like tossing like they do later on in the quote-unquote classic era of sticks where it's just jy going which whatever you know, I liked it at the time, but it grows less and less good. Right. But this is like the guitar solos and the little like bridgey guitar solos that they do to like like connect different parts of the song together work really well. And then the organ is not right out front, like piercing through the front of your forehead. It's like reinforcing the narrative of the song. Right, yeah, yeah. The, the, like you said, the organ is going along with the rhythm of the song. It's just kind of like, in essence, the, the guitar, you know, the main rhythm guitar and the 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 organ are just doing the same thing. More or He's less. He's not like More or less. He, he has his moments where he goes, fine, fine. Yeah. You know, a little flourish. You got to throw that in there here and there, a little flourish. You got to prove that you're like, you know... You're awake. You're no Chuck Bonazzo, you know? You're awake. <laughs> yeah. That guy does seem like he's, like, asleep a lot. I've watched some of the live performances. but Yeah, he's not, though. We'll, and we'll get into that rotten business right. soon enough. All right. Um, and also, I feel like Serpent and, again, Witch Wolf being a statement song to open this album, John Bonazzo, his twin brother... I feel like this album is where he was unleashed. He was unleashed not only like, hey, man, just go fucking nuts like Animal, the Muppet, you know? That's what I always thought about him. Like, he's just Animal back there. Like, almost barely conscious or cognizant of the other members of the band. Right. You know, just, I'm just fucking wailing on this shit. (laughs) And it's like, Yes, and they were all just like, go fucking nuts. Not only that, but whoever the recording engineer was, I don't know if it was, might have been Gary Lloydso, I guess, because he was with them, like, for a long time. But the snare sounds good, 
And Brad, the bass drum and the snare gotta sound good. I'm with you on that. The hi-hat can kind of do whatever, and I'll tolerate it. The cymbals can whatever. The top, the, you know? But that, the bass drum and the snare gotta sound right. They gotta sound thick. They gotta sound full for this kind of music, you know? To really, like, Mm -hmm. because this is a beefy song. It's like, it's gotta have that driving quality to it. And, like, they nailed the sound, and he nailed the playing style in this. This is his coming out party, ironically enough, even though his brother is gay and not him. Anyway, those are my notes. Oh, and and the other thing is, this song, Witch Wolf, it has highs, lows, little moments where it calms down, gets excited again. Ups, highs, downs, lows, highs, lows, mids, mids, not has everything. Not too many mids, mostly highs and lows, and moments where you kind of look around, like, is this the end of the song? Because it's very quiet now. You got to have the loud and the quiet, and it has that contrast really nicely. So going back to Witch Wolf being a statement song for the album, the album itself has highs and lows. Quiet parts, loud as fuck parts. Yeah, that's true. All right, so that's Witch Wolf. That's what I've got for that. Anything else? Um, I, no, well, I've, I'll just I'll just piggyback onto your statement about the bass drum having to sound right. Because I think I've turned into somewhat of like a bass drum snob. whore, okay. whore or, or something. A snob. No, like a slut for bass drum. I don't know. Like, I feel like if I was a sound engineer, I would just overdo the bass drum. What does that mean? Like, if there was a little slider that said, like, bass drum heaviness. We need more cowbell. Yeah, I would put it like, you know, like kind of like, you know, like like usually when you're doing especially these digital things, like a little bit goes a long way. You know, you can very easily, like, just slide things into oblivion. Right, right, right. But, like, I don't, I have no such caution with the bass drum. Just these give it days. to me. Give it, I, I want to pump my fist in the air and go, mm, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, I hear much. you. I hear you. And I feel like this is the album where they really unleashed John's bass and snare drum. And the snare, see, the snare to me is like, should be more like the bass drum than a hi-hat. Yes. But it's usually not. It's usually not. But wanna, when it does do that, it's like, whoo, yeah, baby, I like that. I know. I know. <laughs> I don't want these snappy snares. I don't like it. Just it should like reverberate down my spine a little bit, like a serpent uncoiling in there, you know. Oh, do I ever? Ugh, yeah. And like this album, like even though I just said Dennis is like in the background, but that's only relatively speaking because 
from like Grand Illusion through Kilroy, like he was just in charge and like bossing everyone around. So like in I feel like Serpent is the album. And by Serpent I mean Serpent is Rising. Serpent is Rising is the album where all five members of the band had equal say because you've got JY Caterwalling. You got plenty plenty of Dennis keyboard flourishes out there. You got Sir Lusky. He's got a couple of tracks that are basically Sir Lusky tracks. Mm-hmm. You got John Panazzo, bass player, coming into his own. He's got like a couple of songs where he's got a fucking buzz bass, but then he's got the more classic sticks bassy sound that, that he came to be known for in like the six album classic era of sticks where it's all like nasally and trebly that kind of shit and then John is fucking animal back there and it's like everybody this and this is why it's so I don't even know what the word for it is but to hear Dennis and other members of the band say this is the worst album ever recorded or produced in the history of music says a lot to me because it might be my favorite Sticks album and for them to be like, no, we hate this. <laughs> it's like, well, that's why you guys went on to kind of suck a lot. Right. Right. From art rock quintet to laughing stock. <sighs> and, you know, and I know we went over this before, but like, it's not to say there's not good shit on like the classic era of sticks. From 76 to... I'm not even go to 80. To fuck the... To 80. Yeah. Just yeah, to drop, 80. Drop Killroy was Yeah, yeah we can off, drop probably. that. We can drop that one. From 76... 75 even. No, 76. 76 to 80. Because they were releasing one album per year. Five album heyday. Kind of like Pink Floyd. They had four album heyday. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, there was a fifth one. And then you'll get booted off the... Pink Floyd chat room on the Moo or wherever I was. Right. Like, yeah, but what about, you know, (laughs) no, (laughs) you're out. (laughs) (laughs) Kick me off. Okay. (laughs) Jesus. That was a harbinger. But, yeah. I don't know. They had it. They had it all here and then they fucked it. But without. If they hadn't have fucked it, we wouldn't have come sail away and like right. rocking the parrot and all the bullshit, you know. But this, this is the shit I like. This album in particular. And the reason I'm so like amped up about it is because we're about to get into the rotten business of Man of Miracles. <sighs> and I have three more pages of notes, but I'm just not that. I'll just do highlights. Eglantine. Yes, Eglantine. I mean, this is where Chuck's fat, crunchy, distorted bass comes in for the first time ever. Do we want to do, do we have a clip of his bass maybe? We got a clip of his bass. Should I play it? I think so. All right. I mean, you're driving the thing, but All I'd right. like to hear a clip of his bass right go. now. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? I mean, it'll come in right away. Okay, I'm ready. I'm listening. 
I mean, they're cheating a little bit because they got the rhythm guitar matching it. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just fucking bassier. Yeah. Like, very, I hear it. Like, Chuck plays up on the high notes. <laughs> like, there's three inches between his two hands when he's playing the bass, which is like the opposite of what most bass players do. And I just think it's awesome. And I wish they would have gone that way. But I just know Dennis and, you know. You want to go see Dennis plays the music of Sticks, but I want to go back in time and see John Suroleski plays the music of Sticks with all the other band members supporting him. I hear that. I hear that. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, if time travel is an option, I, I get that. But today... <sighs> yes. You yes. just got what you got, I, I guess. I know. Got to deal with it. Um... How about this? For, what, 30 years, more than 35 years, you and that young last virgin smile. What is he singing there? What are the lyrics? Putting you on the spot. Um, I, I, I don't know off the top of my head. You and that something. Virgin smile. I always thought it young was... Young mask virgin smile? I always thought it was you and that young lass virgin smile. There's this okay. young... Because, you know, there's a history yeah. of cretinism with this band. Like, apparently with every rock and roll band in the 70s, they were sort of okay with, like, casual statutory rape. But it's not young lass virgin smile. It's young lust virgin smile. Right. I always thought it was Young Lass, because it was so British. There was this whole British pirate thing going on. I just assumed right. it was Young Lass. What a and Young this Lass. this whole, like, it does have this weird kind of medieval feel to it. Right. So br- British, yeah, yeah, Young Lass, but no. Young Lust. Young Lust, Virgin Smile. I'm not Yet, really going to go any deeper than that. you're faking it. You're just trying to tempt me. Is that with that young lust virgin smile? Is that what's going on there? I think so. He mm. says that's a lie because I see all of you quite clearly now. Oof. Like I think at the end he says something about that. He says something like uh, something like. Well, I like your yeah, looks, it's a your lie. moves. You're you do a wicked everything. wench, but thanks for the laughs. <laughs> you and your young lust virgin smile. This is like a uh, Kubrick movie at this point, or? Yeah, maybe. I don't know what's going on exactly. I mean, yeah, it's a weird fucking vibe, man. Hmm. I guess. Is all I can really say about that, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I appreciate that, like, you go from Witch Wolf to Eglantine, and those are two very different songs. Yeah. And it does and Eglantine does seem more like the it's it's the I mean it's what's going to become the main well, I forget the term you use like the heyday of sticks in essence, the classic yeah, sticks. This is their So while they're also experimenting, it's kind of like out of these tracks they're like let's do more songs like Grove of Eglantine. Right, and then they even get more specific than that and take the scalpel out, and they're like, Hey, Chuck, 
we're going to carve off that like thicker bass sound you have. You got to be nasally because we don't want you overtaking the mix. John, pipe it down over there. You can have your times in the little bridges and we'll give you like a like a five to ten second moment here or there in the songs, but like just tone it down. All right. Uh, JY, we'll give you two songs per album where you can like toss your fucking face off and go Blah! Yeah, and that, you know, I don't know why I'm shit-talking Dennis so much, but it's like, that's where... I mean, I think, you know, in Dennis's defense, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, this probably flies in the face of everything you're saying, I guess. I was just going to say, you know, That's Dennis right. you is... you can fly in my face. He's just both the... I think he is, you know, and that's what makes him so... He's like... Cause of and solution to. Yes. Yeah, he's the worst thing and the best thing about it. Your love had seemed to be the best thing, but apparently it was Dennis. Oh, God. But the drums are so thick in this song, and that snare drum is not, like, right up in your face all snappy and weird. The mix is improved. Like, the, it sounds good. And I don't know if this is just the remaster, but it sounds good. Like, say what you will about the songwriting, the artistry of the lyrics, uh, the so- like, the construction of the songs... But, like, it sounds good. Like, the instruments right. are recorded really well, and they pop in just the right way. The drums sit back there in the mix, and they don't insist upon themselves. The guitar, especially the rhythms, and there's two rhythms going on, sit back and support the bass and the bass drum. And then when it's time for them to come forward, they come squealing forward, but not crazily. And then two of them go together and intertwine. It's just mixed and recorded really, really well. That's Eglantine. Now, Young Man is the next one. And uh, I'm just going to play a little bit of it. Yeah, let's hear that. This should be fun. I know we've heard all these before, but uh, here, listen to it. I mean, that's that's enough of that. <laughs> okay, so. But it's got, and really, I don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but it's got that stick scraper, you know, the rigid, the ridged, not rigid, ridged. It's got ridges. It's a wooden block with ridges on it, and then you have a thin stick, okay. and you you rub it over the yeah, ridges. Yeah, I know what you're talking about at first. Like, it took me a while to figure out what you were talking Because I was like, a stick scraper. Oh, yeah. Like, this is no, like some, like, element of, like, their music. Right, right. It's like a genre of stick song, the stick scraper. It's like a skyscraper, but it sticks. It's, like, tall. And then I was thinking it was, like, referring to the points <laughs> of, like, the audio. This is, like, acoustic guitar is, like, 
a little like ding, 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 like each of those little dinks is like rising up into the sky. It's a stick scraper. No, it's much stupider than that. It's like taking a chopstick over a little washboard. Right. And it's such a like quintessential 70s sound. And they do that. Yeah. And they do the little spinner, the little box filled with like pebbles. Yeah, it goes like... Right. They have both of those in there at the beginning of this song, and you're immediately like, yeah, fuck it. But a minute 15 in, there is a Dennis fugue state. Um, and at 350, so there's two Dennis fugue states. So <laughs> kind of funny that shittiest song on the album, perhaps... And it starts out with the two shittiest sounds, and this is the one where Dennis has two, and his C3 is prominent in this one, but he's got two Dennis fugue states in this one. And that's all I need to say about that. We can move on. Well, he was trying to save it, man. He did all he could. But Yeah, but he just fucked it up. You fucked it up. Sometimes even the greatest doctor has a patient die. There's just so much you can, only so much you can do. He tried to put them into a fugue state so he could, like, you know, preserve their consciousness. Transfer it to a machine one day. A robot, or even a roboto, you might say. But it just didn't make it. really don't mean to shit all over Dennis like this. I really don't, because I'm pretty much on board with you. Like, he is kind of, like, the soul of sticks, so... But it's just like, ah, oh, man, if you could have just stepped, like, back a little bit and not given Sir Lusky a stroke or a brain well, it's kind of like do two different bands almost. Totally. Do, like, the Dennis DeYoung, like, musical theater kind of inspired rock. And then also do just the more straight-up classic rock. Like another band, like a stick side project called Less Sticks or something. And Sn- but like Snicks. everyone loves it. Yeah. Snicks. Slicks. The sl- the slicks. Just take out like the S. Ticks. <laughs> take out the X. Sty. Stick. Just anything. The possibilities are boundless. It's just like singular. Stick. Yeah. Hi, guys. We're Stick. <laughs> we're X. <laughs> God. So many directions they could have gone. And yet. Anyway, here we are talking about them. So let's not. As bad as this, I really don't have to talk about this because I feel like I did give a lot of input. Yeah. About how I felt about this song. I love it. Your favorite Stick song. Possibly my favorite Stick song. Um. Boy, they just got that lone acoustic guitar going, you know? That, like, all things Stixy considered, to have just that acoustic guitar going, and not, like, a riff, even. Not like Crystal Ball, like Tommy playing a thing. Look at how I'm playing my, like, just sparse acoustic guitar. Bling. I mean, I'll play just a tiny bit of it, I guess. Sure, let's play it, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I want to point out that, like, it's sparse acoustic guitar, but what's the other element that you're hearing? The voice? Well, yes. It's Sir Lusky singing and playing. Fine. I meant instrument-wise, but I should have been clearer. Um... You got some motherfucking percussion in there. You got some drums. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm listening to it right now in my cans just to try to get the answer to your riddle. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, I didn't mean to riddle you. It's just like... Some bassy little... Yeah. Unleashing John Panazzo again. It's like, all right, we're going to have this, like, sparse song. What's it going to be? I mean, you do have a Dennis Fugue state, but, you know... For the beginning of it, the, like, intro, how long does it go? I don't know, a minute or so. It's John and John, the two Johns, doing it. So that's, my point is, they're unleashing the Johns on this album. Right. That could have been the side project brand, the two Johns. The two Johns. The two Johns. They used to be the Trade Winds, and then they were TW4. Um... And they were sticks, but I don't want to get into that rotten business. I'm not in the mood. Uh, I love this song. And like the reason why is because the two Johns get unleashed and then you do have that like, you know, that's the Dennis influence where it goes on that little journey. The sweeping little synthy stuff and the right. like the like picking the acoustic strings all like tinny and bright. That's a very Dennis influence there. The other thing is I always fucking thought this song was like six minutes long. Right. Plexiglass toilet is half of this almost. It's almost half of it. Yeah. It's crazy, man. That's crazy. It's crazy. You're like, yeah, because I even just listening, I got fooled again when we started talking about it because it's like the slow acoustic. It's like, yeah, it's one of these long, long, drawn out, drawn out, but it's minimalist things. It's like that's a whole type of song. I'm into it. But then I remembered, no, this is like a three minute song (laughs) because then there's another three minutes of plexiglass toilet. There's only two songs that are shorter than this song on the album. Like, if you disregard Krakatoa and Hallelujah Chorus. Anyway, yeah, I always thought it's like, yeah, I can, like, really, like, sit back and settle in for five, six minutes. Right, and I think we mentioned last time, it's a real slap in the face. It is a slap. You're like, I'm settled in to the little acoustic picking. Right. It's a real slap in my banana. And then all of a sudden... The toilet seat comes down on your banana. It does. It just lands right there. Metaphorically and literally. (laughs) Yeah. Oh! This is no good. You know, I don't like that. I'm going to dream about it tonight. The one thing I don't like about As Bad As This is Sir Olusky's affectation of the word do. Do. Nothing you could ever do. I don't even know if it's that particular enunciation of it, but there's a time when he says, here, hang on. Actually, I can cue it up. It's at one fit. Will you abide with me? 
if I play this for you? Oh, for sure, for sure. All right. All right, it's at 150 in this song. God knows oh, just before that, hang on. And there's nothing you could ever do. I don't like that. Nothing you could ever do. It's like, eh, yeah. you had it good, and, but that was like, you're trying to do something, and I don't like it. When you do it, it kind of kind of sounds like you're doing a John Travolta impersonation. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know which is worse, honestly. Nothing you could ever do. It just makes me feel yucky. I want to take a shower. Know what it is about it. Um. Anyway, during the especially during the Dennis Fugue state of this song, Mm -hmm. that's when you can hear the future Chuck Panazzo bass sound that he will become known for two albums from now. Um, And that starts at 2.07. I can play it for you if you want. All right, let's hear that, yeah. All right, stand by. This is his nasally, sort of trebly, like playing way up on the neck. Here it comes. Did you hear it? I don't know that I did. That's his thing. He's all the way up there. He's on like the 82nd fret, you know. That's his whole deal. He takes a little break in Miracles and... Half time off in Equinox, and after that, it's just off to the races for him as far as like high neck and the bass guitar. Which I, I'm, you know, I'm not saying I hate it, it's just I really liked when he was experimenting with those low, fuzzy bass tones. And it would have been cool if they would have mm-hmm. kept that going instead of getting all proggy. I mean, I guess they're already proggy here, but not as proggy as they were about to get. Yeah. Anyway, listen to the... If you get a chance, I mean, we can queue up. It's probably on YouTube. I'll put a link. 207 in As Bad As This, Chuck's Future Bass Sound. At the end of this song, you can hear Sir Lusky breathe in at 342, which if you didn't hear... Chuck's nasally bass. You're not going to hear Sir Lusky breathe in, but I think I'm just having a hard time picking it out. Oh well, I've listened to these songs probably 486 times. So 342, like right before Plexiglass Toilet starts, yeah. you hear him breathe in. Yeah, right at the end of it, he breathes in like that. But is it the end of it, or is it the beginning of Plexiglass Toilet? Well, uh, Spotify does not differentiate for me. Right. So, 
I don't know. Because I feel like if it's a 342, because I have the track here, I'm kind of... I feel like 342... I mean, it's at three forty. Oh, the breath there. Okay. Yeah. I think I heard the breath there, and that was still definitely like the the last note was ringing out. Yeah, from, from as bad as this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We just might have slightly different time. I mean, signatures. It it started at three forty. Okay. I was. It was. I was rushing. I told you I was rushing. Yeah, you were rushing. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, would have been it. more right. accurate, but you're like, we gotta go. It's like, get your fucking act together. I'm like, okay, man, I'm trying. But you were just on my ass about it. You know, we got we to gotta perform, Adam. <laughs> we got to do it for the fans. Now, plexiglass toilet. Is, yes, is, plexiglass toilet. Is there some cultural appropriation going on here? Maybe. Okay guess we can move on from that i guess i guess i would say yes yeah i think i would say yes but it was 1973 though yeah i mean not that appropriation i don't know i think but also like uh, what i don't even know what the hell's happening with this song well neither do i but i love it (laughs) and i think it's their most daring song Daring, huh? Yes. Maybe. I mean, they got a steel drum in there. It's the only stick song that has a steel drum. Think about that. It's the only stick yeah. song that has such an aggressive, like, voice-changing vocal effect. Like, what is that when the second verse comes in? And it sounds like uh, Alfred P. Newman or something. I don't know what he sounds like, but what you would imagine yeah. Alfred P. Newman might sound like. Yeah, I wouldn't. I never really thought of Alfred. Is it E. Newman? P. Newman? E. Newman? I think it's E. e Newman. Newman. Alfred E. E. I like P. Newman better, but whatever. P. Newman. You know who I'm talking. Mad Magazine. Yeah, the guy is missing the tooth. If you could imagine a horror reality where he sounded like something you wouldn't want, this is what he would sound like. That's how I imagine it. Yeah, as a horror version, I could imagine like multiple Alfred E. Newmans coming at me with that voice. Ton of them, yeah. Not just one. Sucks. Anyway, what are they doing? There's no other stick song like this. Well, that 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 much that much is true. Just true, I would guess. Yeah. Although it is weird, like. If they did bring in, like, so you're talking about the steel drum. They're just like, we have this concept for a song, but we need a steel drum. Like, it's one thing if they're just fucking around. I think they're just fucking around. But yet they're also, like, just fucking around, but they're, like, saying, like, okay, we need, like, a new arrangement of instruments and new recording techniques just to do this thing we're fucking around with. What what would they be doing if they weren't fucking around? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. No, explain it to me. Like, you had this... Oh, maybe they're... So you had the other version of it where they're not... Fu- explain that to well, me. Well, I always assumed they were fucking around, but now I think it's weird that you're bringing up in the steel drum into it and the daringness of right, it. Right, I just... I'm not mad, man. I just want to... <laughs> Hear you explain I, well, it to me. I think maybe it was a you know again this is their experimental album. This was a this was a possible 
directions Sticks could have went. So they brought in Alfred G. Newman, a steel drum player. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people to go <laughs> like that. Yeah. We need some guy who can laugh real weird. And then <laughs> they had to pay all those people extra money, schedule right. the time, bring him in. Oh, can you give us two hours? We'll try to knock this out. That's they what you're saying. Like Is that plan what you're out saying? The whole arrangement, yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, you know, Grove of Eglantine won, as we discussed. But you know, this was also in the running. They're like, we're gonna seeing a, you know, kind of become this kind of like scatological humor-based band. It was a, a genre. Scatological. It was a small genre at the time. You can just say wiping butts. You don't have to be all fancy about it, man. Well, I think there was a scatological humor. It was like, you know, it was on the rise. They're like, this could be the, this could be, okay, you know, young man and serpent is rising. That's like the art we want to create, but we got to pay the bills. So we got to get something that Dr. Demento is going to play every week. And we need those nice royalty checks to start coming in. This is just them trying to pay the bills. So, plexiglass toilet is them trying to pay the bills, not... <laughs> That's what I'm saying, yeah. Lady. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes things don't turn out the way you, you thought they would. Yeah. This was like their backup plan. This was their safe safe plan, you know? <laughs> That's the safety. Like, I'm going to go to med school, but I really just want to be a painter. So we're going to record plexiglass toilet. <laughs> yeah. Here, here let's, let's listen to the crazy voice that comes in on the second vert or whatever, however you talk about it. You ready? I'm ready. Here we go, I guess. Stand by. Nope, that's not it. Jesus. There's too much shit going on. See, it's it's so dense. You know what? I know you're joking, but it is dense. It is dense. No, I am joking, but it's also true that it is dense. Yeah, it's very dense. Let's see if this is it. I mean, the thing is, like, I don't... That's not just a pitch shift on a voice. I think it... I always just imagined it was just natural. Right. But then, maybe I never listened. Like, it's just like they're just singing in a falsetto voice. No. With some vibrato. No. I always, as, I always assumed it was some sort of pitch shift or some, like, vocal effect that I put on one of their voices but I don't think so man I'm I'm on board right now this was their arrangement they brought in a steel drum player somebody with a crazy ass voice and even the backing vocals like I've never heard a vocal effect I've been 
fucking around with vocals for a long time musically. And I've never heard an effect that could make somebody's voice sound like that, especially somebody's voice that I was so intimately familiar with to change it in that way. Never heard that. Auto tunes, the closest thing I can think of, but that's just like, you believe in life after love, you know, I can still recognize it mostly Mm -hmm. or you pitch shift it, but then it just obviously sounds higher pitched or lower pitched. Sounds weird. This sounds like an actual fucking Alfred H. Newman doing something. Like an actual person singing it. Okay. Yes. Could be. <laughs> but uh, so I. Once just... again, your insight has proven invaluable. <laughs> I just. Well, I just had to interject a different thing because I was trying to figure out what. Is, is there any information on this song? Or how it exists. You waited right? until an hour into this thing to do some cursory research. And it turns out this was played on the Dr. Demento show. Of a course lot. it was. I thought you were referencing that on purpose. No, I just kind of made that up. Oh, like of co- it's a song that would be on there. I swear you mentioned that last step. You know, maybe I did. Not last step. I might have mentioned it in oh, the past. Oh, in the one that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I might have mentioned it there, but like it was, it, it certainly was not locked in, and I was yes, surprised. of course, this was on Doctor Demento. He played it all and the fucking time. It's on Rolling Stone. Has Weird Al Yankovic five songs to scare the neighbors, the pop parody king on his favorite off-color Sonic oddities, and it, and first on the list is Sticks Plexiglass Toilet. Wait, Weird Al? Yeah, I love that it, guy. And he says. I think most critics at Rolling Stone would probably agree that the creative pinnacle of Stick's body of work would have to be the unlisted track on their third album, The Serpent is Rising, known as Plexiglass Toilet. What did I just say? It's their most daring song. Yep. It's a jaunty little calypso number told from the perspective of a caring mother who admonishes her son not to sit down on a plexiglass toilet. Right. And also that he should, quote, wipe his butt clean with the paper to make it nice for everyone, end quote. Certainly sound, solid advice, and a catchy tune to boot. (laughs) I don't think that Sticks are particularly proud of this one. It's a deep cut. I don't think they do that very much in concert these days. But it was big on the Dr. Demento show back in the day. I certainly enjoy it more than some of their hits. Now, now that your buddy Al Yankovic (laughs) has endorsed it, are you changing your tune about the butt and the paper at all? Uh, Scatologically speaking? No. Well, I'm gonna have to tell Al about this. I mean, that song, that line, that lyric still, still crosses the line. It's sound advice, literally. It may be sound advice, but I don't. Yeah. You don't think yeah. it's appropriate? It's sound advice, but it's not appropriate. It just cross. <laughs> it just crosses a brown line for me. All right. Maybe we should just move on. Well, there's a flushing sound at the end of the song, anyway. Which, nice little addition. You hear the little flushing sound. If you're not listening real close, you might miss it. Um, 22 years. 
There's some nice. Uh, well, you skipped one there. Um. Oh yeah. Oh well. You know what? I don't want to get into that one too much. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it. Uh, keep it under the. I literally didn't write. I just. I wrote two things down, and I really. I'll say Chuck goes back to his fuzz base for that one, but I don't want to. For winner take all. Okay. You had to say it, but yes. Well, okay, fine. Just making sure people at home can follow along. Yes, and there's lots of swells, like where they build up, and then stop, you know, so they build up, and then they take a break, and then they bash back into it. Lots of yell singing, and then Chuck's back to his fuzz base. Which I really appreciate. It's one of my favorites, but I really don't want to overdo it on that one. Um, yes, that was winner take all. Moving on, twenty-two years. Twenty-two years. Another fuzz bass sound for Chuck, but it's a different fuzz bass sound. He's playing around. This is what I mean when they're all like, like feeling everything out. You know. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like their big coming out party as a band. It's like, just experiment. Let's do all the crazy shit. You know, let's see what sticks. Throw it all against the wall and see what let's sticks. Let's see what sticks. Let's see what sticks. Did, <laughs> did you wipe your butt clean with the paper? If not, it'll stick. If you did, it won't. Um... The thing about 22 years, though, now we have a third different Chuck bass sound. You know, it's all about that bass. About that bass. Yes. But the guitar sound, the guitar tone is consistent throughout this whole album. It never deviates. It always sounds the same. It's locked in. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm hearing that. Which... Um, I, like if you play the first three seconds of Witch Wolf and the first three seconds of Twenty Two Years, it's like the same exact, same exact, perfectly matches, dialed yeah. in. But the bass is all over the place. The drums are the same too. So I think Chuck got put in his place a little bit. It's like, hey, don't go freelancing. Dial it into the you know play on the twenty second fret, twenty for go down to the nineteenth, up to the twenty second fret. And just be in those three, three to four frets. And you can come down there for like four notes. And then you got to come back up there. And they really locked him in. This kind of sucks. Um, but anyway, 22 years, you can feel his twin brother's energy, man. Like, mm-hmm. he's just going nuts. This is like... And that's the thing. I don't think they were ever truly able to, like, contain John Panazzo's drumming energy. And maybe that's why, you know, better to burn out than to fade away, I guess. Played too hard, drank too hard. You play that hard, you gotta be doing something to counteract right. all that shit and he just drank himself to death um, now I wrote a note down here about now I love 22 years just as a overarching note this might be my second this is probably my second favorite song on this album which places it high in the running for favorite stick song catalog wide 
I just love it. And I'm not sure why that is. Um, I'm really coming around to winner take all, though. Like, that is vaulting up the charts after yeah. your... Um, My revelation. Your revelation. So, but back in the day, at least, back in the 80s, 90s, this was like, fucking love this shit. And it's got a special place in my heart because it's referential to a movie that we made. So, Oh, shit. Which I can't believe that I didn't include that. <laughs> I never even thought of that till just now. In that movie. Like, yeah. Fuck was I doing? I, I think I was, at that point, I was just too embarrassed to include it in anything, I think. Well, do you think it even? You think it even crossed your mind? Oh, sometimes the obvious things are just staring you in the face, and you don't realize it. No, I'm sure it crossed my mind, but just I was there was too much like humiliation going on. But he, you know, making fun of me and my brother in a good way and whatever, having a good time. But it's just like I couldn't, I couldn't endorse that. I hear you. You didn't want... Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You didn't want... Um, I'm not judging you, guy. Like, I get it, but, you know. Yeah. It's not like, oh, let's put some sticks in there and just be like... <laughs> I wasn't mature enough to embrace it at that point in my life. I can do it now. That's fine. We having a moment? I don't know. Uh, maybe. How would you have felt if I would have put this song in there? Um... At the time, yeah, yeah, I really at the don't time, but you would, I mean, didn't at, even know this song. You've you'd only heard no. it once on the drive to Taney Town, and after Hallelujah chorus echoed out and the album was over, you turned to me in the dark <laughs> of the car. Oh no, yeah, with Addie and Scott Haslam and John Whipple and somebody else in the back. Oh shit! And you okay. just turned to me and said, "I don't understand this band." <laughs> that's not okay, as bad well, as you thought so it would bad. be no 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 You're no like, i definitely could not understand the band it was a great mystery to me yeah at that age so you've heard this whole How album before on the way down could... to taney town we listened to this entire album and All the right. car was in silence i'll give it that for like 45 minutes nobody said much shit and then hallelujah They're chorus rang out in. and you turned and said i don't understand this band <laughs> so it's not, that wasn't mean it was accurate no, it was definitely accurate I could not understand it and I could not understand <laughs> how it fit in to the like Adam landscape who likes all kinds of other like music that I did understand wait what other music did I like that you understood I think a lot of it like what um, Led Zeppelin well, I don't think that was really your jam, was it? <laughs> yeah. But if you did like Led Zeppelin, sure. But, you know. Um, the Who? Yeah, The Who. The Cure? Well, no, not The Who, but the uh, uh, Neil Young. All right. All right. And. Uh, I, and. Uh, um, the Beatles, maybe? All right. Sure. Stones. As Stones, Well, yes. guess what? They're all contemporaries, unfortunately, except for the Beatles. Yes. With Sticks. The, the Stones, their album, Let It Bleed. Sure. 
Came out before Let It Be. Well, Coincidence? What is that about? Anyway. Beatles are just copycats, man. I guess. Copying that stone sound. Anyway, you could have been meaner, but you just said, I don't understand this band. Yeah. I'll always remember it. I'm sure I was mean sometimes. Because it was like, no, it was just so. so mystifying. I mean, you could make fun of Dennis wearing his kerchiefs and shit. Like, yeah. I understand that. <laughs> no big deal. You know, deal. like if someone, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If someone what? I can't, made, I can't made quite fun think of, of the like, right analogy. They might be giants, like. <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to say, I was trying to think of something that's like. Whatever, nerd rock. Like what? Like uh, uh no like like from like the film world for example, but I can't even think of a good example of like a movie that's like ridiculous. Oh Lars von Trier, he just likes <laughs> mutilating women. <laughs> well, that's not the same thing, is it? It's actually accurate. Um, you didn't watch Border yet. But no, not yet. The person who suggested that to me actually suggested it to my wife. You might know her, her name's Leslie. <laughs> Which I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. A Dutch film. I was like, "Hey, Leslie, let's let's reciprocate. Tell her to watch another Dutch film. One of my fa- faves, Antichrist." Oh. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. That's tit for tat, so to speak. Yes. Oh. <laughs> but you know what? I was like, no, don't. Please don't. I Because I promised I would never recommend that movie to anyone. Ever. But those Dutch, man. Those fucking Dutch. So you can just recommend, like, Nymphomaniac Part 1 instead. Maybe Part 2. So they can have yeah. some resolution. No, you know, I didn't watch those... Um, I watched part one. Did you? And I never. And I meant to get to part two because after the end of part one, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna like keep watching this. Like I want to see what happens in part two now. Wonder if that- they managed to hook me. At first, I was just like, oh my god, like why? Why? Like just what the fuck? Come on! But then I kind of started to get into it. I I feel like Ninfomaniac was. Possibly the start of this phenomenon of, like, getting a big-name actor, but then shooting it in a way that that person doesn't have to be in a lot of the movie, and you just edit it in a way that makes it seem like they're in most of the movie. And the big-name actor in this case is Sheila LaBeouf? Scarred, scarred motherfucker. Stellan Scarsgard. Come on. We devoted 10 episodes. Well, Stellan is in a lot of that shit, man. I don't think he... Yeah, but he's not in most of that movie. And I haven't seen the movie. I just read some articles about it. Yeah. Where he's like not doing a lot of the sex. He's like, I didn't, wasn't really that interested in that. I guess he's turned his ways around. Right. But like, he, he was like... Like one on one with what's her name in the bed in the hosp not the hospice situation but like in the bedroom like most of his scenes took place yeah. in one room. His entire scenes, well, except for maybe one, 
Right. Like in the beginning, it starts out outside. But yeah, he goes inside and the whole movie is her in there. And then talking I, to him. I just he saw is, another movie where it's like, oh, we got so and so big name. And like they did it the same way where it's like, oh, he's only in one like set. But then they right. splice it together where it's like, yes, he's he's all over the place. Yeah, like he's throughout the movie, but oh, yeah. they just filmed it all in like one afternoon. Right. Paid him his, you know, 100 grand, 500 grand, whatever it is. And now they get to put his name, actually to put his name on the front of the VHS cover. They probably had to pay him a mil, but whatever. Maybe two mil. Who knows? Maybe three. Maybe three. Maybe three. Um, at 240 in 22 years, there's a Vox effect, and I don't remember what it is, but I'm going to play it just so we can. And Vox, that's like industry term for like vocals. Sorry. Vocals. I'm just making sure I'm following. Yes, vocals. I'm sorry. I was trying. I was outside writing it down in the dark. I was trying to like do shorthand. That's some of JY's like caterwauling there. No, yeah. the rock and rollers. They're being rock and rollers, and I like it. Yeah, they're holding that note. Yeah, and then also at the end of this song, or towards the end of this song, we got some guitar trade-offs. Um, probably better than the medley at the end of Abbey Road. If you want to take a listen to that. <laughs> Yeah, so way better than Abbey Road uh, guitar medley there. But you know what? They're trying. They're trying. They're coming in, and then like trying to meld it in and have the two, whatever. Uh, boy, this is too much. I got two more pages. We're only through two pages. I give up. I can't do it. But there's only like two real tracks left. I know. Which is insane that that I have two more pages of notes. <sighs> do we power through? Let's or power through. A- Here, let's, I'll just All go right. a well, lightning round. Uh, All right. Next. I have one item for the lightning round on the next track. Um, but you go with you first. All right. We don't have to do it chronologically by, like, timestamp of the song. I can just go, right? Yeah, it's not it's this is an overall comment on the next track. All right. Uh Jonas Salter. I yes. Li- I like this song a lot. I think it's a nice way to like start the beginning of the end of the album. Um you got a lot of harmony guitars going on just right mm-hmm. off the bat. Love it. Uh, here, I'll play a tiny bit of that just to
All right, I let that play a little longer just because Dennis had a little, you know, Dennis fugue coming in there. Yeah. Dennis fugue and a little things come in there. Yep. Right. Yep. But I love those. So they got the harmony guitars and the three part harmony vocals overlapping. That's five parts of harmony all together. It's a lot of harmony. I love it. And that's like when you really like get that that harbinger of future sticks right there. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't sound like it necessarily, but like if you reverse engineer it, I can see what they were doing and it's like that, yep, that's yeah. when they were really doing it. And even with this whole like and I guess they've done this their whole career actually so far up to this point in some way. Like the the whole like story song, nautical theme. Yeah, I mean... A little lesson at the end kind of a thing. Yeah, they had a Greatest Hits album from Wooden Nickel Days, and it was like this picture of almost looked like the Everglades or some like stream through a swamp with trees curling over, arching over, and all golden, and one woman in like a canoe, like sort of small boat. There's a lot of nautical shit going on and that was in the 2000s that they released that forget what that was called I don't know what it means just pointing it out man's just drawn to the ocean I think perhaps it's a universality that they that they're experiencing there and then I know I did mention this I love those chunky guitars chuck 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 I just love that doesn't fucking love it. And also there's a lyric, and Bonnie kept him company, but it's and Bonnie. Not and. And Bonnie kept, no, it's and Bonnie. And Bonnie. And Bonnie. And and Bonnie. A-N-N-E Bonnie, I think. But yes. Oh, Annie, okay. And. But I think it, I think there's an E on the end. It's a name. Did they make up a name? Another name? They're just making up names? It says Ann Bonnie. Oh, is it just A-N-N? A-N-N-E. Yeah, A-N-N-E. B-O-N-N-Y. Ann Bonnie kept him company. But I feel like that might be a term for something. Well, th- you thought Jonas Salter might be a term for something. Didn't well, you? here it is. Ann Bonnie was an Irish pirate operating in the Caribbean and one of the most famous female pirates of all time. So that's an actual historical figure. Apparently. But not Jonas Salter. Mm, yeah, not that anything I could find. Jonas Salter is a cooler name than Anne Bonnie. Well, it's people a, don't get to pick their names. Well, Maybe they do, I don't know. Well, Styx does for their fictional pirates. Right, that's why they get such a cool name. I'm just saying, it's a cool name. You can go ahead and try to pick a cool name right now. Just make one up. Fitznangen. That's not a cool name, Fitznangen. Actually, it's not that bad. Fitznangen? Ningen. Ningen. Depends on how you pronounce it. Jack Bogey. Jack Bogey. <laughs> I don't know. It was the best I could come up with. I think a Jack was a strong start. It was a good start. I got a little scared. 
that you it were kind of went downhill a little bit. But then bogey. It's close as I could get. It's got too much other shit connoted with it. I guess right. so. Um. Anyway, Jonas Salter, cool name. I think that's a cool name. This P is silent. You come up with yeah. a name and you got a silent P at the front of the last name. That's pretty mm-hmm. fucking cool. I think. I take it by your silence. You disagree. No, I think it's. That's a, I'm 100% on board. I simply have nothing to, to add. Okay. The drums in this song are nice and thick. I like them. And I know I keep hammering and hitting this point. No metaphor intended about the drums. But we'll. We will revisit the drums the next album. And there's there's a connection we'll make to a similar journey we had going through uh, a band's catalog. Okay. That. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. I don't. Okay. No spoilers I, I can, here, but I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, and maybe that's part of the reason that was such a gut punch when that happened. Like, oh my god, no, it happened to them too. Anyway, uh, at like two something, I swear. So JY is singing this song, and I swear he refers to Jonas Salter as Tuker. Did they make up a pet name for him halfway through the song? <laughs> Tuker? Yeah. Here, here, here. Hang on. Let me let me play some, and and see. They what say you think. Tortuga. I know that much. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe it's he's saying Tortuga, but Tortuga had to steal everything. Uh, here, let me just play it. All right. This will answer a childhood <laughs> mystery of mine. Tuker? Did you? Why do you have a pet name for the guy? Okay. Tuga held the treasures of a thousand kings. Yep. So Tuker held Tortuga. the. So Tuker so held the treasure. <laughs> Who's this yeah. Tuker? Tuker's already got the treasure of a thousand kings. What does Tuker need more treasure for? Tortuga. Yeah, that's like a pizza burning thing. A pizza burning thing. Yep. Well, I'll never be your pizza burning. No? Nothing? No, no, okay. I'll never be your pizza burning. My eyes are white. You know, we already talked about the stones. I'll never be your big suburban. No? 
Nothing? No, I think you're just exposing my utter lack of, like, musical knowledge at this point. Uh, Rolling Stones, Beast of Burden. Okay. That's one of Beast the... Beast of Burden. Yeah. Pizza Burning. Or Big Suburban. Tortuk, so so Tuker held the treasure of a thousand kings. Yeah, he's already stolen everything. But he's like, gotta get more. Yeah, so... He, he, so... So Tuker held the treasure of a thousand kings, but, but he planned to steal everything. So it kind of goes with the, the theme of the song. In right. Way. He's already got the treasure of a thousand kings, but now he's just got to get everything. He's a, he's a hungry ghost. Yep. Well, he's not a ghost yet, right? No, but that's where he's heading. That's where he's heading. And, uh, you know, I don't care. Um. You know, 32 years old now, so I'm willing to embarrass myself. But I fucking love these guitar solos. I think they're well done. I think they work within the aesthetic of the album and the songs. And they, like, bridge little sections of the songs together and they harmonize. I just like it. I think it's really good. I think Dennis is full of shit saying this is the worst album ever recorded in the history of music. Just think it's dumb. Maybe it's just false modesty. Oh, it's definitely not. He hates it. Yeah. He really hates it. They do mention a minstrel in this song, too, which is more of that, like, old English. What did we reference before? About, like, not fantasy, but, um. Yeah. Something about. uh, In the Eglantine. Yeah. Maybe the wench. I don't know. Something like. Yeah, wench. It was something. It wasn't that. It was something else. But yeah, I can't remember. It was like. It was like an hour and a half ago when we were talking about that. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Nice changes in this song, too. You got a Dennis Fugue state. Um, You know, you got the. I love that chunky stuff. And um, there are some weird ass, like low vocal harmonies at like, fuck, like 306 or something, maybe 310. Let me see if I can cue it up. Like, it's probably JY and maybe Surlusky going like, oh. And just think about oh, them really? being in the studio, you know, and it's like, all right, we're we're overdubbing now. We got the song down. All right. You know, it's fucking Dennis. And he's like, all right, JY, do this. Go up there and just go. Oh, <laughs> he's like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> no. Yeah, just do it. It'll be cool. It's part of that rich sonic tapestry. All right, let, let's see if I can, if you can hear this if I play it.
No, that wasn't it. But that was another note. <laughs> Though that bullet in your head, those, that vocal harmony, like that whole little moment is so clean. Like it all just stops. There's mm-hmm. a little synth in the background with, and it's so enunciated with that bullet in your head. It's just so clean and nice, and it just cuts through all of that, like, distorted, angry, shaggy guitar shit. And then all of a sudden, it's just clean, piercing vocals. Boom. And he kills himself. I think it's pretty cool. It's a nice, like, uh, sonic reinforcement of, like, the narrative See if I, can... I still think it kind of had to end sooner. I know. You want to resequence all the albums just like Scott Aukerman. Let me see if I can find this. Um... Oh, <laughs> low harmony. All right. I don't, don't want to get this in there too much. Here. I think it's coming up now. Maybe. I don't really have a time code for this. So I know that's helpful. Uh, Nah, fuck it. Um, If I find it, I'll put a note in the show notes. Maybe. You can just splice it in to the recording later. Yeah, what do you mean? I already did. All right, perfect. Okay. Uh, Jesus Christ. Serpent is rising. So before we move on, I have my one comment. One comment, yeah. On Jonas Salter, which, um, you know, this comment, it, uh, I actually have to give credit to my wife. You may know her. Her name is Christine. I do know her. I do know her. Um, because I was playing this song for her in the car. I was playing this album. We were driving somewhere. And I was, like, trying to get her on board with the sticks. Yeah. You know, this is sometime after we recorded the first part of this. You can't force sticks on someone. Sticks has to find no, them. That's true. That's very true. I know that very well I now. I know you do. But there was, um, but with this song, she was like, oh, well, this is that, like this, like that famous poem. Eh? And she was like, what are you talking about? She's like, Richard Corey. She's like, Google that up, Richard Corey. It's like the same thing. And it's not exactly the same thing, but it's the same idea. So Richard Corey by Edwin Arlington Robinson, which I think this was written uh, in like the 1600s. He was a contemporary of Shakespeare, I think. Hmm. Um. I mean, we have the Eglantine reference. No, I'm wrong on that. It was published in 1897. I don't know where I got this. way off. I was way off. I was getting this confused with another... Oh, the guy that wrote Eglantine. That's what I was getting confused with. Yes, the Eglantine guy. The guy that coined Grove of Eglantine as a phrase. That was a Shakespeare guy. Swimmy, slippy, slappy. So this guy, Edwin Arlington Robinson, has this Richard Corey poem, which is more or less the same thing. It's short. It's like four stanzas, but it's kind of the same thing with Richard Corey is this great guy. Well, I bet that's longer than the lyrics of this song. What's that? I bet that's longer than the lyrics of this song. Uh, This song is a little longer. They're very short lyrics. That's true. 
But yeah, it's just this guy who was great, you know, and everyone thought he was great and he was rich and everyone was, oh, this guy's so great. And they felt great just when the guy would like walk by and say good morning to them and stuff. And, uh, you know, and so, but, you know, here we went on and we were poor, but we love this guy. He was so excited. It was so great. But then what does he do? He goes home and puts a bullet through his head. Richard Corey does. Uh, that's like the last two lines of the poem is and Richard Corey one calm summer night went home and put a bullet through his head yeah I mean okay Bam, the end popular person shoots themselves I guess yeah, a guy has everything and you think he's great yet he goes and kills himself and literally put a bullet through his head is the lyric so yeah okay I mean, so, I, I don't think it's that, like, that amazing of a coincidence that there could be two stories about a person who, from the outside, it appears that they have everything, but in internally they're very sad and depressed and they kill themselves. Yeah. But maybe that lyric, right. specifically, it's not the same. Yeah. Even the lyric isn't exactly the same. Right, but it's but pretty close. Well, also, close? Richard, sure. Simon and Garfunkel did uh, record a song based on this poem and their second album sounds of silence see there you go that's so getting closer now so so sticks would have been aware of this oh, i would think yes the harmonies the vocal harmonies of course what year was that album released um 1966 yes that was like Dennis and Chuck Panazzo and John Panazzo were in a band in 1962 to four, somewhere in there. That's when Dennis was still on the accordion. And then mm-hmm. they were like off to college for a little while. And then they came back and in like 66, 67, they were in the trade winds, which they had to change the name because a band, some other band had the name. And they got mildly popular, and then they were TW4. There were four, which I feel like they're still just stealing from Genesis. And then they changed it to Sticks in like 71, whatever. But they would have been totally aware of Simon and Garfunkel doing that shit. I'm sure it's a huge influence on their music. Yeah. It was also covered by Wings during their 75-76 Wings Over the World tour. I love Desperado. Good good shit. Good song. Hotel California, you know. Gonna be a heartache tonight. You know what I'm saying. Oh, I certainly do. Mm-hmm. Uh, uncoiling in your spine. Yes. Remember how you talked about that? Serpent is rising? Yes. There's a particular like staccato vocal effect they put on Sir Lusky's vocal right when he says uncoiling in your spine where it's kind of cutting in and out to really like reinforce the grossness of that which I don't know if you noticed but I'm sure it had like a psychological impact right subconscious effect yeah it's like reinforces that reptile spinal invasion Ooh, reptile spinal invasion. Yeah. I like that. I'm goiling in your spine. And it's like 
cutting in and out almost, but it's very it's like cutting off just the tops of it or some. I don't know how to describe <clears throat> it. And also, like, you know, it's destroying you, but you're going to get reborn. Krakatoa, the earth roiling up, destroying itself, covering the atmosphere in dust, killing things, entering into a new ice age, but then also rebirth. And then, right. you know, the, hallelujah, the rebirth. Here it comes, you know. And also, when I would listen to this album, because my dad was like, you know, he would take all the CDs and listen to them and make sure there wasn't anything too terrible. Right. That, you know, we had to be Christian about things and, you know, he couldn't listen to anything too terrible. He was okay with Queen. I wasn't not entirely sure that he knew that Freddie Mercury was gay. I'm not sure. But he was like, you know what, Sticks is okay. But every time I played this album, I had to make sure, like, I would go turn it down during Krakatoa when Sir Lusky said Satan. I had to go oh. turn it down. It's like, oh shit, if he hears him say Satan, it's all over. So I'd have to turn that down. But then as soon as he said Satan, I could turn it back up because then there would be a hymn. Yeah. What a great Christian band. Right. Hallelujah. See, I'm listening to hymns. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that album. <laughs> well, there we go. to play it no all right well i thought that may have been a 10 minute how long do we go what time is it oh shit we're hour we're like close to an hour 50 right now all right well we could just put the mics down and go our separate ways but just let it record for another 10 minutes so we can hit the two hour mark yeah sounds like a good plan all right great well this has been great um Please, uh, what, what do we do? How do the, it, buy some fucking t-shirts, right? Yeah. Just go to Gutterballs TV and click on some shit. Yes, shit Buy some over. shit, do social media, talk to whatever. us, whatever you want. Instagram. You can find it there, gutterballs.tv. Yeah, get some stickers. 